folks welcome back to the norwood noise podcast and the best day uh, I, I would say third best day of the year because i think thursday friday are the best two days of the year but man the the penultimate um you know great greatest days of the year for college basketball they're here finally selection sunday is upon us sunday march 12th myself evan shibble back Literally just got here a couple hours ago, back in the apartment, in the in the pod room with Graham Griffith. Um, Selection Sunday is here. We have a field. We're going to run through some initial reactions. Like Literally, this is off the cuff. Graham and I have barely looked at this thing. We watched the show together um, with the team and Cintas and, and did that whole deal. But other than that, we haven't really looked too in-depth to it. So we're just going to give you an off-the-cuff initial reaction. And then we're going to get into... Some trends kind of coming out of the conference tournaments. We'll talk a little bit about what happened there. Not not spend too much time there, but just kind of give you some teams getting hot, teams cooling off, things like that. Um, no bid thieves this year, which was kind of unfortunate. You know, made for a, kind of a you know mediocre conference tournament um, week. But anyway, so and then we'll get into uh, just a little bit of coaching carousel news as well because last week was a busy week on that. So we'll try and cover all our bases, but also get you in, get you out quick. That we kind of have the initial reaction. You can get a listen to this tonight, tomorrow, whenever you get around to it. Um, and then throughout the week, we're going to bring you uh, two, or we're going to bring you a, a podcast for each region. We're going to bring you short podcasts, you know, easy kind of bite size podcasts for you, so you can listen in, preview each region, know your picks, and we'll have all those uploaded uploaded at the latest by Wednesday, so you have time to get the content, make your bracket, and be ready to rock and roll. So apologies for the long intro, Graham. I'll, I'll bring you in here. I know you're just chomping at the bit to get here. Um, but how are you? How's the how was championship conference championship week for you? And uh, you know what what are you looking forward to? What are you know? I mean, outside of you know the obvious. Yeah, this is this is what you know makes being a fan like so <coughs> awesome. For weeks upon weeks, we've just been saying about how close it is and how exciting all these games are becoming because they mean so much more. Um, but now it actually is here. Um, I mean, obviously, we just talked about how we're going to go uh, region by region in some mini episodes soon. Um, so I'm not going to try to dwell on a lot of games, but, you know, just glancing at some of these games, um, I I feel like I've become a bigger fan every year. Um so now, like knowing more and more about each team, just like makes like this this tournament that much more special. Um, and you know, being a part of the the breakdown of this year, um, you know, leading up to the tournament, being at Selection Sunday with the team was such an awesome feeling. And watching you know the Xavier name get called, um, I think that's a you know first way to start. Um, you know. 
almost every single projection that you looked at was us around a four seed. Um, rare to see a five, rare to see a three, but you know, just around a four seed. We sneak away from DePaul in the Big East tournament. Absolutely played one of our best games of the year against Creighton, beat the brakes off them, handled it. Um, even had some of the walk-ons playing mm-hmm. in the Mecca, which is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, what a cool experience for them. And then even though the scoreboard um, kind of shows less of a brutal game, the Marquette game was pretty rough for the Musketeers. Um, was not our best showing on offense at all. But that that was really making me you know, question where we were going to end up because we played one of our worst games of the year on that trip, but we also played one of our best games of the year Absolutely. against a really good, favorable, metrically pleasing team, Creighton. So it was interesting to see where we would play, but I was more so worried about, like, you know, the region of what four seed we were going to get. Yes, exactly. And um, I was sitting right behind the team, uh, and when after, you know, Indiana and Kent State, you know, the 4-13 matchup went, you know, I'm just kind of sitting back in my seat waiting for the next region, and then – you get to the three seed, and right before the Xavier Kennesaw State uh, was announced, I turned to one of my friends, and I was like, you know, I kind of got a feeling like Xavier Kennesaw State, Greensboro, Friday night. Like, I was, like, kind of joking about it. And then when I saw that three Xavier light up uh, on the big screen, it was one of the most chilling things that I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, I just thought back to all, like, the work that we've been putting through the entire season, and then to see it was one of the greatest feelings I've ever had. Totally. No, absolutely. And, and I couldn't couldn't echo this, the sentiment more because I li- literally was kind of sitting back in my chair, like, essentially, like, waiting for the next region. Um, and to see that three pop up was, was shocking. I, I thought we were as four as a four could get. Um, and really interesting to see, too, that they, at least the way I had it in my projections and a lot of other bracketologists had it in their projections, Flipping that three and that four between Xavier and UConn, which I found really interesting because I think metrically and by all the team sheet stuff, UConn is a better team on paper. But I wonder if they took into consideration the fact that Xavier beat them two times during the regular season, you know, things of that nature. So, um, yeah, just just can't wait to dive into it. Um, all right, let's let's really quickly give me a couple things you're looking at let's go let's go top left really quickly um and you know just give me a couple things you're looking at maybe two three takeaways um i'll let you start and then i'll follow up um and then we can kind of run through from there uh the big one um because I, I know where you're gonna head uh in the <laughs> south region so I'm, I'm gonna let you talk about that one um i am really really excited uh for the San Diego State, Charleston, mm-hmm. Virginia Furman, little mini region. Uh, yeah. Um, because uh, I always am enticed by those, you know, 512, 413s when it's a really good draw for a lot of teams, and you could very well see either of those teams making the Sweet 16. Um, San Diego State and Charleston are both kind of in that mix of like just being like very dominant teams in their conference, but obviously, like, don't really have a lot to show for outside of it just due to their smaller conference. Um, Virginia's kind of coming back to where they were a few years ago in college basketball royalty, you know, pending a few one seeds and a national championship. So they're kind of, you know, trying to get back on the saddle. But at the same time, Furman, um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is what this is their first uh, tournament um, mm. or one of their first. Like, it, it's very, it's been a while regardless um so they put some very big big wins um in their socon tournament 
uh, to get to this place. So I could very well see either of those teams, you know, coming out of it. So I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, what comes out of that little first time. In, sorry, continue. No, no, just excited for that bracket. Yeah, um, NCAA tournament first time in 43 years. 43 years. Okay. Six times from 71 to 80. Wow. So that's that's pretty impressive. Um, agree. Furman's actually one that I've kind of been keeping an eye on a little bit uh, this year. I think they're a very solid team. 5-12, San Diego State Charleston's going to be a very trendy upset pick. Um, and, man, that's a that's a really tough one because I, I really like San Diego State too. Also, d- don't ignore that 8-9, that Maryland-West Virginia game. Some of the 8-9s can get kind of sleepy. <clears throat> Midwest region, <clears throat> Iowa-Auburn, yuck. Don't want to see it. Maryland-West Virginia, though, I think could be a very good game. And, Graham, you called it out. You know where I'm going. That bottom half of the bracket there, I, I mean – well, and, and to kind of wrap up what you were saying about the 5-4 there, like I could see any any of those four teams coming out of that four. So um, very excited to see how that wraps up. I This Creighton-NC State matchup, man, I'm so jacked up about it. I mean, you've got Traquavion Smith, arguably one of the best guards in the country this year for NC State, um, leading you know a, a really kind of streaky NC State team, might I say. Um they were a consistent top 25 team for majority of the year, kind of almost like a Providence, and then kind of slipped down the stretch of the season. All of a sudden, they're on the bubble. You know, it was a kind of a rough, rough finish to the regular season there for NC State, but I think there's a, a lot of potential for the team if they can get things moving in the right direction. And, and I think, I mean, Creighton, despite what, what Xavier was able to do to them and pick them apart the way they did on Friday night in the Garden, I still think Creighton's a, a legit team. I think they're a Final Four candidate. Um, but this draw is really difficult for them, man. I, I really like NC State, and, and more than anything, I'm just excited about that forward, that that down low, that post matchup. Ryan Cockbrenner, who is, let me get exact stats here because I, I don't want to butcher this. Um, okay, Ryan Cockbrenner is seven foot one, two hundred fifty six pounds, um, and he's going to be going up against. Uh, NC State's big man. I'm blanking on his name. I literally just said it to you like five minutes ago, Graham. Um, give me the roster. Um, DJ Burns. Dude is 6'9", 275. He looks like he's 325 pounds. I mean, he is a wide man down low. So I just can't wait to see like that matchup between... Cockbrenner and Burns, like I, I don't really know who's favorite there. You know, are we are we thinking more low to the ground, good size, getting physical? Because I mean, we've seen all year in the Big East. Cockbrenner, you know, is is kind of a you know weak around the rim and and stuff like that. While he's a great finisher and has a, a unbelievable length, sometimes can be pushed around a little bit. I think same thing with you know DJ Burns. You know how how is he going to be able to score against a guy that's got you know five six inches on him? So I think that matchup's going to be awesome. And then again. You know, Creighton or NC State, whoever gets through there, then you got to play probably the Baylor Bears, um, who I think are also a Final Four candidate team. Both very solid there. So yeah, can't wait for uh, can't wait for those matchups down there in the South. Let's move it over to the Midwest. Who you got? What are you looking at early? Um, immediately outside uh, of Xavier, of course. Yeah, the <laughs> Miami Indiana. Um, you know them being the five four. You know, all due respect. Um, to Drake and Kent State and what they've been able to accomplish this year. Very good resumes. Um, handle business in their conference tournaments, so you can't um, count them out, but for, you know, the seeding purposes, talking about Miami and Indiana, 
these are two teams that if they weren't a little they were less injury plagued and took care of business earlier in the year a little bit more these could very well be like two three seeds um maybe even higher these are two very talented teams well coached teams veteran teams that i could see you know like realistically i think both of those teams could make a final four and you wouldn't be like oh my god this is some crazy run like those are two very very good teams um that have to play very serviceable um good mid-major teams i think that is uh you know the place where i'm going to spend a lot of time trying to wrap my head around uh who's going to come out of that yeah absolutely i think and i'm gonna go on the opposite of you i'm gonna talk about the 12 and the 13 there because i agree with you you know i i think that drake and kent state yes very respectable opponents definitely took care of business and i think more than that both of them were teams that i had my eye on as you know, sneaky first-round teams that could end up in that 12-13 area and, and get a win in an upset fashion. And I think they honestly got matched up with the hardest four and five seeds out there, um, outside of maybe Virginia or Duke. But really, I, I think I think Miami is, is really, really solid. Um, and I, I think I was kind of going to pick Drake pretty much no matter what. Um, but, man, Miami definitely makes me, you know, think about it. And same thing with that Kent State-Indiana uh, matchup. Again, Golden Flash. Definitely a team that I kind of had my eyes on preliminarily, but now that I see the matchups, could be interesting there. So, moving down to the East region, the bottom left for um, everyone following along at home. I don't honestly, the first round stuff in this bracket doesn't really wow me. Um, obviously, got to keep an eye on FAU, uh, potential second round matchup against Purdue there. That would be awesome. Duke Oral Roberts is tough because I think Duke's getting hot at the right time. I know Oral Roberts is going to be like one of the most. One of the most picked 512s. Honestly, would not be surprised if Oral Roberts was even favored in this game. I, I really wouldn't. Everyone has been on this train all year. They're loving Oral Roberts. Um, I actually think we have lines out already. I could probably look. Um, um, but, yeah, like I think I think both these... Um, sorry, I need to look up odds. Um yeah, like I think I think both those teams are very solid. And again, like I was saying, I think Duke's uh, is, is getting hot at the right time. Okay, Duke's favored by six and a half, so maybe I was way wrong, but I I don't know. I, I still think I could see that line shifting pretty pretty drastically. Um, again, Royal Roberts very trendy five twelve pick. And then the other like really big storyline that I want to keep an eye on, Kentucky Providence. Um, Bryce Hopkins playing his former team. I think it's gonna be awesome. Um, and both these teams have, have had very high highs and very low lows this year. So I'm um, definitely excited to, to see that, that matchup down there as well. What, what else are you looking at in the, uh, in the East region, Graham? Um, you know, Marquette has been one of the more dominant teams that Xavier has seen all year. And in the championship team, they looked like a national championship contending team totally on both different. ends of the floor. Um, but they, I think they're going to run into a very, very tough bottom region. Um, you know, Providence, if it somehow got out all the way there, uh, has given them trouble all year. Kentucky is very talented. Um, I trust Cal in March, you know, while he's had some blunders, um, last couple years, I still at the end of the day, trust him. But even before we get out of that, Vermont, like, I'm not saying like there's going to be a 15 C cause while it's rare, but I mean, it's happened, you know, uh, I think it's happened more the last you know, seven, ten years, and it's happened all of history. Last year, you know, we saw that miraculous St. Peter's run. So they got a tough test, 
And then coming out of that, uh, 710 USC, Michigan State. USC got hot at the right time. Um, they're one of those teams that are like catching wind at the exact moment that you need them to. Um, I think, obviously, you can't like say that they, who knows what they could have done, but Arizona and UCLA kind of had a stranglehold on the Pac 12 this year. If it wasn't for them, who knows what USC would have been able to accomplish, especially how good they looked in non conference. Um, and then I'm looking at Michigan State, who they're going to be playing with a lot of emotions. Obviously, we talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago, the tragedy that they had to deal with. Um, they kind of just got awestruck by Ohio State in the conference tournament. I think that was a slip-up, but I think that's what the, the smoke that they needed um, to catch fire at the right time. Um, that bottom half of uh, the East region, I think, is going to be very interesting. Um, every year when I'm you know filling out my bracket, I feel like there's always a region that I could see like 12 out of the 16 like coming out of you know that that region to go to the sweet 16 um or even further and that that I think like the east region is one of those um Memphis just beat Houston Houston has looked like immaculate all year Purdue obviously has the best player in the country Duke's one of the hottest teams in America they're going against Oral Roberts who's 18 and 0 in their conference Tennessee one of the best defensive teams brings a lot of energy on the side of the floor, which could you know shake up two high-powered offenses that they're going to run into. I mean, just unbelievable storylines. Kansas State was one of my premature Final Four teams um, a couple of weeks ago. I can yeah, see I, that happening. Like no, totally. the East region is not chalk at all. No, I agree. I, I think definitely, definitely agree because Tennessee. You know, you don't know what you're going to get with them without their star point guard. Purdue has just been shaky. We've talked all year about how you can't, you know, it's tough to rely on a big come the, come tournament time. You know, Marquette, as much as, like, we, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say love them, but, like, you know, we want pride in the Big East and, and want to see them do well for the for the sake of the conference. Like, I don't know that they're, you know, the most reliable shoe and pick. Yeah, so I think this is definitely probably the weakest region of the four. Um, and there's definitely a... a in in a, terms of, like, anything could happen. Exactly, yes. Like, not saying there's any, you know, there's bad teams here, but I agree. Like, Kansas State, like... Overall, like I don't know. I mean, they might they might be my kind of preliminary pick to get out of there. So, anyways, we'll get to that later. West region, really quickly. Biggest things. I mean, I think UConn, Iona. You can't. I mean, no one can look away from that. Is that in Albany? Um, where is that game? Why does it not say on here? That's so stupid. Um, sorry, I'm trying to remember. I think it is in Albany, which would be unbelievable. Why does it not say where it is? Times Union Center, Albany, New York. Mm-hmm. Come on, yeah. You got two New York City fan bases that are gonna be traveling up the road, and it's Dan Hurley versus Rick Pitino. Like, sign that up as like one that's gonna be on screen one for the whole game. Like, mm-hmm. I want to watch every second of that game. Cannot wait. Gonna be a great matchup. Um, I think, man, I, there's not a lot jumping off the page at me here. There's only a couple of things I want to hit on. Gonzaga Grand Canyon, GCU's kind of sneaky. I don't know if they're going to do it against Gonzaga, but I, I wouldn't shy away from that one right away. And then the other thing, I've heard a lot of chatter about UNC Asheville. Now, they drew a really tough 2 seed. They drew UCLA. If they had gotten a Marquette or maybe an Arizona, I might have looked at it a little bit harder. Probably unlikely, I think UCLA is a very, very solid team. 
But of all of the 14 and higher seeds, they're probably the one that I would say is most likely to do it. Yeah, maybe UCSB, but I don't know. I, I think I, I really like UNC Asheville. They've got um, a tandem of star guards that are unbelievable. Um, they're top ten in the country in three point percentage. Like I, I you gotta kind of keep an eye on ones like that. I know we said this a lot about Colgate last year, very similar situation. Um, and obviously that didn't end up panning out for Colgate, but they scored like eighty five points against Arkansas. So you never know. Just just one to keep an eye on. I'm not saying they're gonna do it, but just uh, that's that's kind of my big one to keep an eye on out of there. Graham, anything else I, I kind of missed that you, you want to um, look at? You know, every year there's always the 5-12 matchups, and, you know, we've kind of touched on all of them. Um, at, at the end of the day, you know, when you kind of, like, set set your eyes, like, straight, um, Miami should handily beat Duke. And, I mean, Miami should handily beat Drake, and Duke should handily beat Oral Roberts just due to their talent. The one that, oh, my God, could go – Anyway, like I would be shocked if, um, like when like the user poll, like the fan poll comes out in a few days, if St. Mary's VCU isn't within like the 55 45 to 50 50 range, oh, sure. like VCU, um, I've watched them a few times this year, you know, being a Davidson A10 guy, and I watched them play uh, in the quarterfinals in the A10 tournament. They are so talented. They play a great brand of defense, and St. Mary's is known has been known for their high-powered offense. Um, but what's won those like that? What's won St. Mary's the big games that they've played is the way that they've been able to buckle down in the clutch. Um, that's going to be an unbelievable game. Super excited for that five twelve um, to see what comes out of it. And right below it, UConn Iona. But I mean, I know we're going to kind of lead into like the coaching carousel stuff in a little bit, but. You know, Patino's name's getting thrown around every single school uh, that needs a you know, big culture change. And what better way, you know, with this Big East rumblings that he's hearing right now? <sighs> to go beat a, a Big East rival yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Iona's had the buzz for a few years, and I think, like, that would just be the one that could, like, finally give him, like, that push to be like, okay, he's, like, serviceable, like, he's good. Because, you know, there's always, like, you know, he comes with an asterisk about what happened at Louisville, but if you go beat UConn and then you're – into like kind of an even match St. Mary's VCU with the what we just talked about. I mean, Iona could be set up for success if they're able to knock off a UConn team. Yeah, totally agree. Um, also, just one other thing I kind of just noticed looking at this is going back to the Midwest really briefly. Look at a possible Texas A&M-Texas game in the second round. That would be fun. A little in-state rivalry. Two teams that haven't played each other in years since Texas left for the S- – or excuse me, since A&M left for the SEC. Um, yeah, would be a fun one just to keep an eye on. Um but on that note, I was looking because I saw Penn State, and I want to talk about how they got hot and ran through almost the entire Big Ten tournament. I, I think they're I think they're a sol- a really solid team. I think Michael Shrewsbury is an unbelievable coach. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of where the you know the, the truck stops here, as they say, or, or the the train stops here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, you know almost a flame out from from a long march run i mean penn state just had to play what five games in five days or four uh, it was four games four days either way long long uh trip for penn state um would be interesting to see how they match up with them be interesting to see how mark or excuse me memphis does they probably got the toughest eight nine game um because now they're stuck playing uh a, a, a unbelievable mid-major in fau um but big big confidence booster beating houston 
um, earlier today. Outside of that, looking back to the finals yesterday, um, yeah, I mean, the, the really the biggest takeaways, I think, for me, um, you know, at, at least from the weekend, Alabama continued to roll and really kind of silence the haters. Um, pretty impressive stuff there. Texas A&M looks very, very good. Um, Texas looks really good. Um, that's why I think I, I just would be so excited about that Texas-Texas A&M second-round game. Um, and I agree. I think Marquette, especially coming out of that bracket, um, definitely could be a, a Final Four contender um, and definitely one to keep an eye on there. Moving forward, also I talked earlier, Duke getting hot at the right time, absolutely cruising right now. Definitely is, is one you, uh, you know, one you should be excited about, you know, as a Duke fan. You know, Oral Roberts can be an interesting one. I'll, you know, we'll see how they handle it. Um, but definitely think uh, th- this Duke team starting to figure things out. Shire winning a, a, an ACC tournament title in his first year is, is quite remarkable. So good on them. Excited to see um, what they do from there. And then really outside of that, the only other big um, team I wanted to touch on that, that had a, you know, a, a pretty solid performance uh, in their respective conference tournament, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, was UCLA, and I know they lost the final to Arizona on Saturday, but I think they, I thought they looked very good. And I, I really do think they have these last few weeks um, of the regular season, so I think they're kind of my preemptive pick out of that region. Maybe you know I'll have to look at it further and further, but um, I do really like where UCLA is coming at. I think a UCLA Kansas Elite Eight would just be unbelievably awesome or even the ucla gonzaga sweet 16 that would also be super fun as well so those are kind of my teams my takeaways from the uh from the conference tournament week graham you have any big headlines that you want to you know briefly touch on any teams you want to keep an eye on um i thought you know texas uh after just such a confusing start of the year that they had with all the chris beard stuff um to kind of just like take that Big 12 title is huge for their momentum. Um, we talked about, you know, their 7-10 draw um, could be very difficult. This Texas A&M team, I think... Uh, I think they get a little underseeded. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a few, like, confusing losses earlier in their season away from having a really good seed. Agreed. Um, and Penn State, I mean, you know, they could, you know, kind of flame out, you know, after playing, like... Because they played for their season after being on the bubble going in. Yes, If they would have dropped one of those games, who knows where they could have ended up. I mean... NIT or a playing kind of a vibe. Um, but to, you know, get a 10 seed, you know, maybe they, you know, keep that train going. Um, that's a very tough matchup for them, but I'm really confident in what Texas, after seeing what they were able to do in the Big 12 tournament, um, see how much damage they could do. But hey, don't look now. Penn State's got a, got a Ted Lasso belief sign going on in their room. So, you know, that always, always, always seems to Yeah, they'll win. probably win it all. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, well, in you know, in that news, rolling from there, um, really last last big thing, again, don't forget, we'll have those preview pods out um, for you tomorrow and the day after. Um, but last really big thing that we want to talk about, coaching carousel. There, a, a lot happened um, over this past week, and I was in New York for the biggest tournament. Graham was at home, and, and it just we weren't able to get to it. But really briefly... Texas will probably open. We don't know for sure. They might just give it to Rodney Terry, the interim, but definitely a chance that Texas will open. Georgetown officially fired Patrick Ewing, so the Georgetown job is open. There's been a lot of reporting saying they, quote, have their guy um, from multiple sources across the Big East. Don't know for sure on that. 
Syracuse finally parted ways, fired Jim Beheim. That was a really weird and Jim Beheim-esque way to exit the program. Uh, Adrian Autry was promoted from his assistant position there. Obviously, Notre Dame, Mike Bray stepping away, but also being talked about a lot in a lot of other uh, coaching positions around the country. Texas Tech out on on Mark Adams after um, the incident uh, with uh, Mark Adams and some poor language on his uh, on his part. So definitely uh, going to be an interesting to interesting to see where what direction Texas Tech wants to go um, after. I think you know they were hoping to get a few years out of Mark Adams. Obviously, he was a little bit older, um, but really interesting to see kind of what's going to happen after that. St. John's out on Mike Anderson. Obviously, Rick Pitino is going to be the first name that comes to mind there. Been a lot of talking about that. Um, but again, I, I do know that, and I was reading this article um, from CBS, Sport, CBS Sports a few weeks ago um, that was like a one-on-one with Rick Pitino, and he basically was like, I'm really happy where I am. Like, it's going to take a lot to get me out of Iona. Like, he's like, I live right down the road from my, or, you know, I, I work right down the road from my home. Like, I just, I like where I am. So I'll be interested to see if St. John's is able to get that done, obviously keep him in New York. Um, and then again, of course, with that impending tournament matchup against UConn, could be a lot of really good lines, you know, stuff there. Um, very excited to see what happens with that, but definitely want to keep an eye on. Georgia Tech's open. Josh Pastner um, has been fired from Georgia Tech. Ole Miss fired Kermit Davis. Of course, Chris Beard's name has been kind of thrown around there, saying that they're, you know, they've moved through the process, etc., etc. We'll see. Um, and then the Cal job is up as well because who wouldn't want that job out there? Uh, what school? It, it, <laughs> UC Berkeley, Cal. What, oh, what, what, okay. Which okay. brand? Sorry, I always forget which brand we're supposed to use. Um, it, it's UC Berkeley, yeah. where our athletics are so bad, we call it another name. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then Wichita State as well. I do want to mention that one just because I find it interesting because they've had previous success. They're the only like mid major that I really want to make sure we touch on. Um, outside of we should probably also touch on McNeese State just fired or excuse me just uh, hired Will Wade today which is super controversial and I think really interesting um, across the the world of college basketball but yeah obviously there's a ton of preliminary names being thrown around Ed Cooley to Georgetown Rick Pitino to um, to St. John's you know is Mike Bray in the conversation for any of these large jobs um so Graham will kind of let you take it from there, and you know where. What are some names that you're keeping an eye on? Where who you know where would you be interested if certain guys went where? You know what do you think is going to happen at Texas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, yeah, I think the first uh, one that I wanted to touch on is McNeese State hiring Will Wade, um, mostly because the explosion that happened while Will Wade was there, <sighs> and thereafter of all the things that were coming out, I am thoroughly shocked that a small school with a lot to lose really um would take on something like this like mcneese state like i'm sure some people didn't even know they were division one only reason i know mcneese state is because uh joe dumars went there um <laughs> that's, like, great. that's a great poll like that's the extent of my knowledge about mcneese state um but the fact that they you know small division one program um, just staying afloat, you know, doing their job as a low low to mid-major, to then take on, you know, the impending controversy that Will Wade could bring, very, very confusing job. I think 
all things aside, Will Wade's a great coach, so kind of interested to see what he'll do there. But like, right. shouldn't he be suspended? I mean, he right, yeah. There's shouldn't a lot of be in prison. I mean, yeah, legitimately, like there's there's, there's yeah. a lot of things that came during his time. Um, and then the big ones that I'm uh, gonna touch touch on is what's gonna happen with uh, Georgetown and Georgia Tech. Um, the reason you know I circle those is that Georgia Tech and Georgetown are in two of the best recruiting. Um, uh, ge- geographical areas that you can have with the DMV and Atlanta, respectively. Um, and both teams have been laughing stock, uh, like caught fire at the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, they're, uh, they're literally so, the exact same thing. It's so funny. So I will, you know, be very curious to see what happens with them. God, never forget Josh Passner's, uh, like. Was it? It wasn't a mask. Yeah, it was, it was like the, a visor. It was the, yeah, it was the the COVID visor. That was awesome. Oh my um, gosh, it was great. So I, I, those are two like big ones that I, I'm really interested to see what happens with it. And you know, it's really hard to talk about coaching carousel before March Madness. For sure, I think that's when. Um, and, and that's what I have a problem with. Yeah. Like I, I like I. We need to touch on this for the sake of news, but like. There's, there, we have no idea. Yeah, like, what, like when what could happen. Seton here. Hall was a serviceable program. Kevin Willard was doing fine. Like I'm sure they weren't thinking, let's go out and get Shaheen Holloway, who's at St. Peter's, exactly. Until he takes them to the lead eight. Like same thing and, with like Mississippi State yeah. this year. Like hiring Chris Jans from New Mexico State. Like what? But, yeah. You know, and he had done a fine job there, but then he goes and beats UConn, and then kind of really gets on the national radar. So yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of the big stuff. Um, obviously, there's a ton of names floating around out there. Um, Missouri's Dennis Gates was also mentioned with the with the uh, Patrick Ewing. Uh, Georgetown job there. Um, a couple ones to keep an eye on for Texas Tech, uh, keeping them within uh, the state of Texas. Graham McCaslin in North Texas, he was talked about for the K-State job last year. Um, so maybe he'll get his Big 12 chance now. Um, but, yeah, definitely a lot going on there with, uh, with coaching carousel stuff. Um, but again, we'll probably kind of side table that unless anything crazy happens. Um, and we'll kind of keep that aside as we focus entirely on the NCAA tournament because it's here, baby. And man, we are all so excited. So again, be on the lookout on your podcast feeds. Um, we will have those bite-sized, portion-sized episodes breaking down the entire regions tomorrow and Tuesday. And then uh, we'll get them posted up you know, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll have them all up by Wednesday at the latest. Just that way you have all your analysis, all your content um, before the tournament. Officially, officially, you know, not counting the first four, gets underway on Thursday. So cannot wait. 12-15 Thursday. Graham, it's finally here. We are so, so excited. Thank you all, as always, for joining us on the Norwood Noise Podcast. Thank you for listening to this first initial quick reaction podcast. And, uh, yeah, the Selection Sunday is here, baby, and we are so ready to go. Can't wait to spend it with all you. And thank you all again, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you all later this week. Cheers.